0: Hello! As the introduction says, this is the first episode of the Iowa Tri-Runners podcast. I am your host, Lance Bergeson, and for the next 40 minutes or so, I'll be talking about running, uh, specifically the indoor track season and cross country, as well as sprinkle in a little bit of triathlon from the great state of Iowa from the weekend. Um, This is the first (coughs) episode of the podcast and I'm sure some of you are wondering why I'm jumping into the podcast realm after doing the um posts uh blog on the Divine Register and Fitness Sports websites for close to 10 years. I for, for first of all I just wanted to make a change wanted to do something different. I've been thinking about podcasting for a while because it's getting popular among people something that um Well, people like to listen to while they're working out or on drive time, going to work or something, and I felt like there was a little bit of a uh, niche in this market that isn't being fulfilled right now with podcasting, uh, with uh, uh, track and field and running as far as this, uh, as far as the state of Iowa. I didn't feel like that was being fulfilled, Um, didn't feel like... There was a lot of great resources out there since some other <clears throat> different podcasts have come and gone. So I, I felt like this was a way to um, do what I'm doing with my milepost blog, but enhance it, uh, improve it by doing more uh, commentary on my own and also doing more full-length interviews. Um, hoping to get an interview later this week with a really good runner who has come back to Iowa and that's Dana Herrick she's been in Michigan for four years and come back uh, to the Des Moines area so I'm hoping to set up an interview with her later this week so that's the kind of thing that I was hoping to do and i um, hoping that um, it'll take less time of course to the doing the milepost blog does take a lot of time I'm hoping with the podcast that. It'll simplify things a little bit more. I will still be doing my mileposts blog, but it will be reduced a bit. Um, I will be hitting more of the highlights. But for the full-length recaps for the weekend and certainly the full-length interviews, you'll want to go to this podcast here on Spotify. So that's another great platform. Another reason I'm doing this, um, Spotify is fantastic it's a great resource for listening to podcasts so those are some of the reasons I'm doing it and I hope you will enjoy this uh, as I move forward like I said I think um, I think the interviews I'll be doing a lot more interviews now I'll have a lot more time to do these 40 to 45 minute interviews with some of these athletes coaches you name it Um, all these people that are influential in Iowa so let's, uh, I guess, after starting that, we'll go, jump into um, kind of the weekend It was. Um, NCAA track and field, NCAA cross-country on the same weekend. Some people questioned whether it should be done. Well, yeah, it wasn't the most ideal situation with people like Iowa State's Wesley Kiptu trying to double. Um, and it would have been an incredible, incredible Um, accomplishment if he were to pull off the victory today in the NCAA cross-country championships in Stillwater, but it wasn't to be. Um, He ended up third in that race, really took it out aggressively, Um, ran the first one kilometer in blistering time. Um, uh, he, He just ran 231 for the first thousand meters. And there was really only a couple, two, three guys who went with him. Um, BYU's Connor Mance was one of them today on a windy day. Uh, windy, but fairly warm uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, um, and <clears throat> Kip, too, looked like he might have broken those two guys a little bit uh, for a while. The other one being Florida State's Adrian Wel- Um But Mance was a tough runner, and, and Mance had the, had, had the legs at the end over the final 1,000 meters, surged away from him and um, to take the victory. Um, um, and of course, Wesley, the Iowa State, uh, he's a junior for cross country, sophomore for track, was coming off that amazing um, 5,000 meter performance indoors at the NCAA uh, championships at Fayetteville on Friday when he basically made it a one-man race uh, on the 200-meter track there. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, Monday morning quarterbacking after that race today. Should he have uh, held back a little bit, stayed with the pack? Um, Probably. Uh, In hindsight, he did really take it out very hard. but that's that's the kind of runner he is from from what i'm uh realizing after seeing him run for a year now is that he's kind of that guy that's going to be an, a go for it all type of uh athlete and um today it didn't pay off for him during the championships uh on the cross country field there did not did not work for him as connor mance became the first American uh, since Galen Rupp uh, of Oregon in 2008 to win the NCAA championships, so on that level it was kind of nice to see uh, that an American breaks through. But uh, still a very good effort uh, for Wesley. He finishes third today, running 29.54.9 on a very difficult uh, course there in uh, at Stillwater, Um, Iowa State. The fourth straight year, they finished in the top eight. That's very impressive. Um, Got to give uh, a, certainly a tip of the hat to Martin Smith for what he's done. He's uh, uh, done a great job recruiting, especially in Kenya, doing a great job there. But he's also re- he's also recruited some very good runners in the Midwest. So uh, an, an incredible accomplishment for Iowa State finishing. <clears throat> Um, seventh in the team standings today. Well, eighth, eighth, I guess it was. So uh, behind him, it was Mitchell Day, a senior. He was 41st in 30:46.7. Festus Lagat, another senior, was 53rd in 31:02.6. And then Thomas Pollard, we all know him, a former Gilbert High School runner. He was 91st in his last NCAA Cross Country Championships. Thomas probably was wondering if he would ever uh, be able to run in another NCAA meet. Um, he's battled some heart issues over the years, so it's great to see him run today. He finishes in 31-26.0 in 91st. So the other um, Iowa State guys were Chad Johnson, Jr. He was 122nd place. Ezekiel Ropp, sophomore, was 130th. And then Milo Gretter, the senior, was 146. So the Cyclones <clears throat> do lose four seniors from this team, so they will have to rebuild. Uh, they they do have, of course, a really good number one runner coming back, but they, it will be a challenge to stay in the top eight. So we'll have to see how, uh, Martin Smith handles that. Staying on the men's, uh, cross country competition, <clears throat> Ryan Murphy, the former Lynn Marr prep, um, did a great, uh, he was uh, running for Arkansas now, and they finished uh, in fourth place in the team competition. Um, Murphy was their seventh runner. He finished 207th place. Um, he was not terribly happy with his run. Um, like he said on uh, on Instagram today, he did post on Instagram that he wasn't, Happy with his effort, necessarily, but it was excited to finish fourth with the Razorbacks. So uh, Arkansas's cross-country tradition of greatness continues uh, with them finishing fourth as a team. Um, And um, him running varsity uh, for that uh, team. So that's uh, outstanding for Ryan Murphy. He's a junior, so he's got one more year back with them. Uh, Let's stay with the cross country and the women's division one race. That was over six kilometers. The men's was over 10K. Um, It was an interesting race watching it for me because uh, Cyclone's outstanding senior, Callie Logue, was uh, moving up slowly um, into the top pack. She was in the top ten at 5,000 meters, uh, with 1,000 meters to go. And then, just curiously, she dropped way back to 126 at the finish. Um, There was no word from Iowa State on what her situation was, but she definitely faded. She ran that last 1K in 4.55, so she must have had an injury or something happened because there's no... There's no way that she could have fell back that far, but that was, I'm sure, devastating for her, um, for her last shot at the NCAAs. She had an All-American bid in her sights and it fell away from her. She wasn't the top Iowa State runner. Uh, Winrose Chizang, the junior and former Iowa State runner, was 109th overall the leading cyclone in twenty-one thirty-two point six. And the great news for Iowa State is they have got a very young team. Uh, everybody's back except for Logue. You've got Dana Fayan, who's a sophomore. She was 128th place. Madeline Hill, she's out of the Kansas City area, I believe. She was 173rd place. Um, she's a sophomore. Brenna Cahoon, a freshman. She was 188th place. Jeanette Schraft, who's from Glenwood. She ran for Glenwood. She was 198, 90th. Um, she's a sophomore. And then a um, freshman, Grace Dickel, was their final runner in 217th. So the great news for Iowa State women is that they do have a lot of runners coming back. And um, we're going to be eager to see how good they can be. Um, there were several other Iowa connections in this NCAA cross-country meet. You had Adva Cohen from Iowa Central who um, was their leader for their team much of the championships. She's, I'll give you a little background on her. She's from Jerusalem, Um, so uh, that in itself is very interesting that she made it all the way to America to run. But, But she's... Uh, she won four national championships: the 2018 indoors for Iowa Central, and then she won the that in the outdoor season for the NJCAA's. She won the 3,000 meters, steeplechase, the 1,500, and the 5,000. So she became the only female athlete in the NJCAA to win all three events at the same Division One championship meet. Not surprisingly, she was the the National Coaches National Athlete of the Year. So <clears throat> you take that resume going into New Mexico, um, that's, that's quite a resume and, and she uh, did a great job. She represented herself well today. Finished 22nd overall All-American status after running 20, 39.4. And she is a senior for uh, the Lobos, who did finish, I believe, third, I'm going off of memory here, um, I believe they did finish in third place, so fantastic, no, no, no they were sixth, they were sixth, 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 six, sixth, Um But that was, I'm probably thinking of past years because they're always in the, well, they've been in the top, top three it seems like. For several years here. But they finished sixth. Um, Got a tip in the cap certainly to um, a runner who's had a phenomenal winner. And that is Abby Cohet Jackson. She's a former Ballard of Huxley uh, prep star. Um, She's a senior for Minnesota. She finished as the number two runner for the Gophers. Finished 45th overall today in the race in 21.01. And that was their best finish in history for Minnesota, fifth place. Uh, they never finished that high and uh, they scored 239 points to, uh, to top New Mexico. So uh, great, great feeling for Abby to run that well, her final uh, NCAA cross country meet. And she's, like I said, had a phenomenal uh, winner. She ran on the Gophers' winning distance medley relay at the Big Ten Championships. And uh, the Gophers also won the Big Ten uh, (coughs) indoor team title. So just a really great uh, winner for her. And she certainly stepped it up on a difficult day in Stillwater to run a great uh, effort there so congratulations to her. Um, Mackenzie Yannick, she's jumped around. The uh, former Pleasant Valley prep, started off in Alabama, now is running for San Francisco, the Dons. She was 78th overall in twenty-one, twenty-two. 22 um, They didn't do as well team-wise. They were 30th in the team competition, but Mackenzie did really well and um, seems to in a good place there in San Francisco, um, Colorado was sixth place, and Camille Jackson, the former Ames runner, um, finished hundredth place for them. She was, uh, uh, yeah, she was just outside their top five. She was in number six runner. So great, great effort for them. We know how good Colorado's program has been. They produced. You we know, don't need to remind you. They produced Ginny Simpson. Um, so Camille Jackson with a with a really nice uh, freshman freshman race there, <clears throat> running 21:29, and then uh, Marie Hostetler was also in the race. She's running for Liberty. She and her sister Anna both transferred uh, to. Well, she might not have transferred, but I know her older sister did. Um, so they both ran for Liberty, which finished 26th in the team competition. I don't know if I mentioned Iowa State finished. The women finished 25th. They were 25th with 580 points. Liberty was right behind in 26. So, uh, the younger of the two Hostetler sisters, Marie, she was 215th in that race in 2236. So, cross country, it's over. So, they got it in about four months later than uh, (laughs) what they had hoped to, but uh, they did get it in. And... um, and it looked like a great race, and um, I have to give some props certainly to um, to the uh, ESPN crew that was there and the announce team: Bill Dolman, John Anderson, and Carrie Tollison. They did a great job. We all probably know who Carrie Tollison and John Anderson are. They've done a lot of NCAA's uh, indoor and outdoor track meets. Uh, Tollison's also been broadcasting. She does uh, like the New York City Marathon. You'll know, her, her, hear her voice on a lot of the uh, road racing events. But Dolman, he's a guy who uh, you might not be familiar with him, but he's also a very good broadcaster. He does a lot of work for NBC Sports Network. Um, you can hear him doing some cross-country skiing for them. He does a really nice job with that. So so um, just really good production today. Um, they were flashing the results as they came up. You could see who was leading in the team standings, what the gaps were. Um, really, really well done. Um, and and even the real uh, and the real time results were, were pretty good too. But the ESPN ESPNU broadcast should be commended for that. Uh, Also did a very good job over the weekend at the NCAA indoor meet, too. So got to give them some props for doing a great job. Um, Let's go back to that NCAA Division I meet at Fayetteville. Um, We talked about Wesley Kiptu's uh, performance in that uh, championship run. Um, I want to point out what he exactly did and how impressive it was. Um, That time he ran in leading wire to wire set not only NCAA indoor and school record, a time of 13.23.77 seconds. So it's 13.23.77. Not only was that an NCAA and Iowa State record, breaking the record set in 2012 by Arizona's Laue Lalong by two seconds. He's also Iowa State's first indoor champion in six years since the great Edward Kimboy did it, running the 800 meters in 2015. But he also became Iowa State's fifth indoor champion in the 5K and the first since 1993. Now, Iowa State fans probably know who this guy was that did it in 93. That was Jonah Kowich. He uh, was a three-time NCAA 5k indoor champion in 1990 and 91 and 93 broken up only by his teammate John Brown so Iowa State four straight years they won the 5k um, those years so kip two does it himself um, becomes the latest 5000 meter champion with Iowa State and like I said um, just a gutsy run by him today, taking it out as hard as he did. I don't think I would have done that, but he certainly um, he certainly took it out and um, gave himself every bit of chance to win that. Um, but the BYU kid had had, had other ideas. Um, that was Connor Mance. You gotta you gotta you gotta definitely appreciate the effort, but you also got to say had. Had Wesley Kiptu been fresh um, going into NCAA cross country, I, I just, I just have a feeling that nobody would have beaten him, and that's, that's part of the decision that he had to make. You know, was he going to do one or the other? Was he going to do both? Decided to do both, and um, today it bit him um, <clears throat> against a much fresher guy, the BYU runner. Um, so. On to, like I said, track and field, uh, indoor meet, um, Adam Fogg of Drake University. He's a Brisbane native, Brisbane, uh, Australia. Um, what, what a performance by this guy. Um, he broke three, uh, four minutes in the mile three times. The last time he's done it was on Saturday during the NCAA finals in the mile. He qualified out of the semifinals, and then he ends up um, running with much of the leaders until um, Oregon's Cole Hawker and uh, Alabama's uh, Iliad kept saying, kind of broke away from him, but he still ended up fourth, um, and it's the highest finish by a, a bulldog runner at the NCAA indoors since, um, since a guy named Kevin Little, I think we all know who he is, He finished fourth in the 200 meters in 1990. Um, Veteran uh, track and field followers know who Kevin Little is. He's one of the greats of all time in Drake history. Um, So that's just a phenomenal performance by Adam Fogg. Uh, He not only resets his own school record, um, but he also uh, becomes Iowa State's first All-American In um, huh, he becomes first all-American in a distance running event since Jason Lemkeel, guy who ran for what used to be called Team USA Minnesota, and Lemkeel who uh, was was, what qualified for the Olympic trials several years. I think he finished. Memory serves. I think his fifth, his best finish at trials was fifth, I believe, uh, during the Olympic marathon trial. So Jason Lemke has a tremendous um, resume himself. But his, his time, um, but he becomes the first uh, Drake uh, athlete in endurance running to uh, earn All-Americans since Jason. So 357.32, uh, Adam Fogg resets the school record. And he becomes the first All-American indoors for Drake since 2013. So uh, field event uh, thrower was uh, the last indoor All-American. So tip of the hat to Adam Fogg, and he's got one more year left. So look out for him next year. Um, <clears throat> I do have to say that, that uh, getting Adam Fogg to Des Moines has to be uh, a big uh, tip of the cap to mark carroll the former drake coach who's now with the boston athletic association he's a coach there um affiliated with the baa um certainly he was instrumental in getting adam fogg to des moines and then blake bolden um who's now the interim coach uh he's taken over the program good job by uh blake to keep him uh it would have been easy for uh adam fogg to transfer but uh Blake Bolden certainly an excellent job of doing what he needed to do to keep Adam Fogg in Des Moines and now Drake really has a contender for a national championship next year if uh, things go well and certainly for the outdoor season. Um, Keeping on with the indoor results, Iowa State sophomore Jason Gomez, he's had a phenomenal indoor season. just burst onto the season, uh, burst onto the scene in his first year with the with the Cyclones. Um, after transferring from a small small California school, um, he ran uh, fifth place, national finish in the eight hundred meters. He had the best semifinal time on Friday, and he and he ran exactly the the race I think he wanted to. Um, he took the lead. Um, going after the 400 meters, and he kept the lead after 600 meters, was on the inside rail, right where you want to be, forcing everybody to go around him. And then um, then there was a, a bit of a tangle, <laughs> a bit of a, a scrum uh, on, that, uh, on that curve going into the um, last lap. Um, it was kind of ugly. I put it out on Twitter after it happened that I thought, to, how do you pronounce this guy? Texas Tech guy, Takedin uh, Hedeli, um, appeared to bump him and elbow him, um, certainly to get around him. Um, it looked like plenty of contact, um, and he was able to brush by Gomez, and it just seemed like jason just kind of lost his momentum after that and and adele and charlie hunter of oregon and and uh, the miami ohio kid mcclear took off and and jason just didn't have the push to go with him maybe he was tired legs from having run the semifinal before but still a phenomenal effort he still closed in fifth and 148 basically flat so uh, great performance for him to to earn first team all all American honors and and there's no doubt that uh, there's going to be great things ahead for him in the future. He's just going to continue to get better. Iowa State uh, also, you know, they basically had to scrap their best distance medley relay team because of the schedule. It was too close to <coughs> the five thousand that. Um, that was being run by Mr. Kiptu and um, and then Gomez, of course, at the same time. Both of those guys, in a normal situation, would have been on that medley relay. Instead, they had to put in Alex Lemong and Mahemia, too. So that group ended up finishing ninth in the medley in 9.36. So um, that's unfortunate, but that was the way the schedule worked. So... But some good, uh, some some Iowa State runners did get experience that'll help them a lot for the future. Um, <clears throat> one other Iowan to note, uh, Mallory King, former Davenport Assumption runner, she qualified in the eight hundred uh, for Iowa, um, and she ran in the eight hundred semifinals, finished sixth in her heat, and ran two hundred seven seventy four. So um, that's a real nice way to end her senior season of indoor track um, to, get into, get, to get to run at indoor nationals. So um, nice little icing on the cake for Mallory King to be able to do that. So that was um, it was the Division one meet. Um, that was what we had going on there. Division two was also held. Division three, they scrapped it, didn't have it this year. Um, but Division Two, there was uh, yeah, there was three uh, results that I noticed worth mentioning. Former Gate uh, Garner Hayfield Prep Reese Smith, what a great f- freshman year he sh- yeah, he's had. Uh, Reese um, uh, set the record, uh, the uh, Northwest Missouri State record, and then reset it again in, in the three thousand meters. He set the record and then tied it, exactly. Um, set, uh, set a facility record there at Northwest Missouri. Um, so he's had a phenomenal year. He ran on the anchor for the Dustin Smedley Relay Team for Bearcats. And they finished fourth nationally in 947. So phenomenal uh, running by Ree Smith. Um, he's only a freshman, so uh, great effort by him. And then um, a couple of former Iowa State runners, and I know I'm going to botch these guys' names. Uh, West Texas A&M Florence Awajineza, uh a junior, she finished fourth in the 3000 final, running 9:23. And then she and Eleonora Kurtabi ran on uh, West Texas A&M's distance medley that finished ninth and 11:56. So a couple of former Tritons doing well in the Division Two ranks nationally. Um, <clears throat> so that was how it all came came down with the um, NCAA Division One and Division Two indoor track meets. It was uh, it was a really really good meet, really really short. I always think that it's condensed quite a bit because of you've got two days and it just happens fast there's a lot less events of course than the outdoors championships so it goes by quick but but it was um, <clears throat> again good broadcast by espn i like the broadcast of dwight stones and dan o'brien they did a nice job with that so indoor season's over now we moved outdoors where it's going to be picking up quite a bit i did um Want to mention there was a result from last weekend that I missed in my mile posts column. Opsey Burrow, the former Grandview University um, star, national champion, multi-time. She finished second at the Woodland Marathon in uh, the Houston area uh, on March sixth. She ran two thirty six thirty nine. Um, this cool. comes from Cal Murdoch of the Run Blaze Iowa team. This information comes from him. Um, He says that the uh, women's lead cyclist missed the turnaround, uh, so the course got cut short by 275 meters. So her time at the full distance uh, equivalent, according to Cal, is 237.44. Her PR is 236.53 at Twin Cities in 2015 so good run for Opsie. She's now in the Arizona area. I believe Phoenix still She's training down there. I interviewed her before the Olympic marathon trials. She's uh, Doing great down there uh, Really enjoying it um, enjoying the weather and the training opportunities there so um, I had to get her result in from a week ago, which I missed so Onward we move. We're wrapping this up here. Um, we've got triathlon. We had a couple former Iowa, uh, uh, couple Iowa residents who were at the Challenge Miami event on Friday at the Homestead Miami Speedway. If you're if you're wondering what Homestead Miami Speedway, well they this track um, which hosts a NASCAR track and of course Daytona International Speedway they both have they both decided that they were gonna host triathlons uh, at both of their uh, infields they have such big infields that you can actually uh, and you can actually have a swim in the infield you can do bike around the track and then you can run around the track so basically the infield is is where the triathlon is held it's uh i don't know why they waited to do this it seems like a brilliant idea especially with being in march with the weather being iffy uh, with places several places across the country why not have them you know when the weather's terrible in january and february why not do that And matt hansen who finished second at daytona and uh i i forgot to look this up but i think he made seventy thousand dollars in that uh in that, in that Daytona event. He ended up 13th um, at Miami on Friday. Uh, the, the race was one mile of swimming. It was two laps on a one point. Yeah, it was, uh, it was two laps, one mile. So it was half mile laps. And then 17 laps of the, of the road course. So that comes out to 39 miles. And then it was um, 16.9 kilometers or 10.5 miles of the Oval. And that was seven laps that they ran around the Oval. So you're talking it was a 50.5 mile distance. Um, I watched Hansen's video that he made. He's stranded right now in Salt Lake City uh, in, in Utah uh, by the snow. Um, <clears throat> felt like he had great... Uh, preparation for this event, felt like he had prepared for the heat, felt like he had a great nutrition plan coming in, felt he had prepared for the wind better than ever, but he wasn't, he, he was just thrown off by the technical part of the bike course. He said he just could not quite figure out the logistics of the bike course. He was losing, he said, about 20 seconds per lap going into those corners and of course the track is banked, so I, I can imagine how it could be difficult, but he was, he lost eight minutes on the, um, on the bike course, 39 mile bike course. He lost eight minutes to the eventual winner, Jan Ferdino. That's a lot. <laughs> that's too much for him to make up. Even, uh, as great a runner as he was, as just, as he knows, that's way too much. So, um, his quote was, I've, feel like I have a little bit of egg on my face because of uh, his, his, his bike leg just being, like he said, disastrous. So, too bad for him. Um, bad days do happen though. He did a couple positives. He did have a really good swim. Um, his swim was only 90 seconds down from uh, the Ferdino lead group. So that was, you know, that's a real positive for him because you know he knows that the swim is not his best leg. Um, and he also had the best run time of 52.58 for that 16.9 kilometer run. So um, some positives on that, but uh, we know Matt Hansen will be back. Um, he's preparing for the fall for Ironman uh, World Championships in Hawaii. We all know that. Um, so he's he'll be preparing for that. Um <clears throat> So he finishes 13th among the men. The women's race, uh, former Iowa City resident Leslie Smith, she finished 10th in uh, 311.40. So a good top 10 finish by Leslie. Uh, I did not look up her run time. Usually she's a really good runner, um, and I'm probably not going to be able to find it at this point. So let's see. Let's see if I can quickly call it up here. But Leslie she's out in Colorado both of them are um, both uh, both she and that uh, answer both training out in Colorado now so um, Leslie former Iowa City resident finishes tenth so that's the triathlon update from there um, <clears throat> and I guess I want to leave uh, end this podcast with some sad news. And this is from Cal Murdoch's um, email earlier today that Bob Overstreet died um, in late January on January 24th. Uh, Did not know this, um, did not realize, but he was the only runner who had run all 39 Dam to Dam races before it became Dam to Des Moines. He ran all 39 from 1980 to 2018. So that's kind of his claim to fame, but he was also a pretty darn good runner. Uh, His first Dam to Dam race, he ran 116.30, which is almost exactly my best time at Dam to Dam. It's almost, I think I ran 116.31. So I think he got me by a second, but he was 14th overall in that first race. And then, and then he, 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 he beat that two years later, uh, running 1.10.22 for 20K, which is really pretty good for just a, a Des Moines area runner. So um, at one time he was a really fast elite runner. So and then um, he, um, he he did the last one in 2018. He finished 2.47. So Uh, Overstreet known affectionately as O by his friends Cal Murdoch estimates that he ran 487.4 dam-to-dam miles so he's the only known one to uh, have run all 39 dam-to-dam races so we say goodbye to Bob Overstreet um, who died on January 24th so that um, is kind of a somber way to end the the podcast, but um, certainly I wanted to get his name in there and um, let everybody know that that uh, the accomplishments that he had during his running career and certainly um, his achievement of running all thirty-nine damn dams is impressive. So there you go, Wesley Kipp. To the big story, he wins one national title, setting. An NCAA record and pretty darn near comes close to winning a cross country title three, three days later. That's it's just a phenomenal performance. Um, You got to certainly appreciate um, the effort that he did go into it. And of course, the Iowa State men finish in the top eight for the fourth straight year. Uh, That's an incredible accomplishment something they've got to be proud of i know they probably wanted to be at higher they certainly wanted to beat oklahoma state which ended up third uh in the team competition but they didn't get that done notre dame by the way was runner up a surprise runner-up um, and they've got uh, a good runner as we all know a uh, former Dowling catholic um runner um, Notre Dame stand out um, on their team, and um, so they finished second. He wasn't uh, running, though. Um, I'm drawing a total blank here. This is old age here, catching up with me. Uh, Maybe I'll find his name. I'll keep talking here. Maybe I can cheat my way through this here, but I know he uh, was on the traveling team, but he, uh, did not run today. Um, yeah, and of course his results are not on there, oh yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, um, they finished runner-up and, um, that's a phenomenal performance by Notre Dame. They were kind of a surprise team. They finished second in Northern Arizona. Circling back, uh, Northern Arizona wins again a uh, national title. Um, And Arizona wins again the national titles, so so they continue their dominance. Matthew Carmody, gosh, I, I I knew I'd come up with it. Matthew Carmody, former Dowling Catholic great. There you go. Yeah, so he's uh, <clears throat> he wasn't quite among the top seven, but he's on the team that finished runner up nationally, so runs every day with those guys, pushes them every day. So it's still uh, still a, a, a great accomplishment for, for Carmody to uh, be on that team um, and to be at least on the traveling team that uh, finished second nationally. So there you go. That was the weekend that happened in the running world. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, I'll be back. Um, certainly within a week with the next podcast coming up and like I said look for a possible interview with uh, Dana Herrick Um, we tried it on a different website it didn't work I'm pretty confident that it'll work uh, on this one I'm pretty confident that uh, anchor which is anchoring my my podcast here and distributing it uh, onto Spotify is gonna work great so uh, look for Hopefully a q um, and a Q&A, kind of a, a in-depth interview with Dana Herrick later this week. But that's it for the podcast. Hope you've enjoying now. Hope you've enjoyed the Iowa Tri Runners, hosted by me, Lance Burgguson. So long, everyone, and happy running.